Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liberty. Welcome back. Uh, I am Caleb Franz, your host. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I am thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, now, this week, we have uh, Mohammed Shaker on with us, and I think this is probably one of the more interesting um, interviews that I have had uh, on the programming. Mohammed is the chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus in Tampa Bay and the co-host of uh, of another podcast that he that he does, uh, the Muddied Waters of Freedom. Mohammed is one of the most uh, interesting libertarians that I have met, and that's one of the reasons why I have that I have wanted to get him on for for some time here on the programming because I think he has a very important perspective that we should all listen to and we should all hear. Uh, we talk about <clears throat> Obamacare and Trump Care and Ryan Care and all the different cares that you could possibly uh, put together and the battle between Rand Paul and Paul Ryan where uh, that is is heating up for a, a major showdown. We talk about Tommy Lahren and the fallout that has uh, occurred recently as of the past few days. Uh, with her with her comments and and whether or not not just her comments but whether or not she and people like her are good and are right uh, to be voices for the movement as a whole and I think that is a much more important discussion that we should be having rather than just the comments that she made uh, and then we also talk about him personally we talk about uh, his story his journey to libertarianism, and I think it's one that that we should all take back and uh, and listen to. So, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Mohammed. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's episode of My Liberty. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. This week, I am pleased to bring on a very uh, special guest, uh, Mohammed Shaker. He is the Chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus, Tampa Bay, and the co-host of the Muddied Waters of Freedom. Welcome to Mo Liberty, Mohammed. Finally. Uh, th thanks, man. Are you saying Mo Liberty? Mo Liberty. Oh, it should be Mo Liberty. It should be this this episode. <laughs> this episode, it is Mo Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on, dude. Thanks, uh, thanks for for coming on. This I think was. Uh, long overdue, and now we can finally make it happen. Hell, yeah, hell yeah, dude. So why don't uh, why don't we start with just telling us because you, you have a very interesting <laughs> a very interesting journey um, to where you are right now in in the in the liberty movement, and it's safe to say that this wasn't always the place where you were. Um, why don't mm -hmm. you tell us how you, you know, tell us how you you came about that and and uh, and some of some of your story on how how it led up to that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I um, let's see. I was registered a Democrat. Um, I had during in high school, basically when I was in the army. Mm -hmm. um and in 2008 i voted for barack obama even though i had a john mccain sticker on my car really That's yeah <laughs> i didn't know that. I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i can't even remember why 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 i did either the sticker or that vote 
but <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know. Gonna I, say, I, I, like, <laughs> like the McCain thing actually surprised me more than the Obama one. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I guess I could say why for Obama, but I don't know why I had the sticker on there. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense think, at all. I think those when I was first trying to break away from my parents publicly, but secretly, you know, I'm like, Still, yeah, go Obama. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It was, yeah. it was a little bit easier to, to get in on board with that, with, uh, with Obama than it was McCain for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. And then, uh, uh, joined the army, became a combat medic, went into the 82nd and on my deployment, a friend of mine, that's a mechanic, um, in the army, uh, he told me about um, Ron Paul. So I watched his videos and I I found that word libertarian, you know, and I looked it up, up and I decided it all, it all made more sense to me. Um, but at the time, like, uh, well, th- this is important to say now. At the time, I really hated the Republican Party and I thought it was all r- racist white people. Um <laughs> But, you know, probably because I was younger or something. You know, everybody changes and grows up. Right, yeah, yeah. There's um, always those stereotypes and everything that you just kind of assume is is correct on either side. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So when I, so when I got out and came back home, I, I registered with the Libertarian Party, and I was just as partisan as they are. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was dumb. It was dumb. Um but, you know, I just I spent t- my time reading books and articles and watching videos. Um, was a defense contractor, came back. And then, like, my end of my first year in school, I started a Young Americans for Liberty chapter and got some training from the Leadership Institute. So that's what kicked off activism for me, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. then that, you know, moved the ball towards eventually you going on things like CNN and talking to to Gary Johnson and Bill Weld at the at the town hall. Yeah, yeah, uh, because I became um, friends with Zuri Davis, who you had on the show mm-hmm. uh, I've before. I've had her on several times. Yeah. Um, I met her at, the, at CPAC in 2015, and she worked right under Jack Hunter, so I became friends with Jack Hunter. I've also had on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that one then. Yeah, he was on a, a few weeks ago, actually, right at um, around CPAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, during the election year um, in fifteen, no, six, sixteen, seventeen, in fifteen, yeah, <laughs> whichever election <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, in in fifteen, um, Ben Carson and Donald Trump were well. Trump was number one, and Carson was number two. And Carson just always stayed number one throughout the whole thing, obviously. But Carson was number two at the time in September when a lot of the Islam stuff started and Muslims and all that. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, and like to Donald Trump's credit, when that guy stood up and asked him uh, what he's going to do about all the Muslims in the country, like he was kind of an, like he seemed annoyed with the question, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, that now. That's. That's interesting you, you bring that up because I had forgotten about that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, somebody asked Ben Carson about Muslims running for president. Mm-hmm. And Ben Carson said he'd never be okay with it. And then Jack Hunter, at the time I was a field rep with the Leadership Institute. So I was actually now in Mississippi working with college students. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, so he interviewed me, and then he wrote an article uh, titled "This Muslim Should Run for President on Rare." And then uh, yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I shared so it too. Probably, yeah. A lot of people liked it, and uh, some CNN producers saw it and saw that I was a member of the Pinellas County Young Republicans. So they called them, and they called me, and they were like, "Hey, CNN's trying to have you on." <laughs> <laughs> And then a few months later, I became, I became a Republican just because I got tired of uh, the Libertarian Party. And then I realized that political parties are just best used as tools and nothing else. Regardless of, you know. Of, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a point that I've, like, I've made on the show before, too. And, like, I, I would be happy to vote for a Republican. I'd be happy to vote for a Democrat as long as they, you know, represent what I, I think... A, a good candidate represents their parties are only vehicles they're not meant to be an ideology yeah um so uh tell me you had a uh you were, you were born in egypt right no i was no i was born here but i lived there okay okay that makes that makes sense then yep <laughs> um how did that how did that um shape your experience and your ideology um, into becoming now a, a libertarian Republican, which seems to be like, you, you seem like you're, you're the, the biggest mesh of, of everything that's like not supposed to go together all in one, <laughs> like Muslim, yeah. libertarian, Republican, um, from Egypt. That, that just doesn't seem to go right together to to the average person why mm -hmm. why does it go right together in, in your ideology and your views <laughs> uh i don't know man it just it, it i get that a lot and it just it makes the most sense for me because i saw that the governments governments all over the world are are doing the wrong thing and getting in the way of everybody socially and economically so you know i in my eyes it makes the most sense and maybe I um, interpret Islam a little bit my own way, which I think is fine to make that an okay thing. There's there's stuff I don't agree with anymore when it comes to Islam, but, you know, I'm still a Muslim. Right, and I'm sure that that's the same case with, um, you know, a lot of a lot of Christians and, and with Christianity, yeah. too. It's, you know, it's, it's just, just because you're one sect doesn't mean... You have to absolutely adhere to every single little thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, like in Saudi Arabia, women can't drive. Everybody knows that, you know. Mm -hmm. And women in a lot of those Gulf states uh, have to wear uh, a hijab of some kind on their head. And that's not Islam. That's government. Right. You know. Right. The the Middle Eastern countries kicked out. All of the Arab Jews that were living there when Israel was created, you know, that was those were those were governments. Um, you know, France with their ban on the hijab for like girls going to school or holding a public sector, you know, job. That's also the government. So governments are just keep getting in people's way. You know, taxes, regulations. It's like social, social and economic. They they're everywhere. Right. Um, so you did not vote for Donald Trump, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Are you happy about that now, or do you, is there something that you, 
you know, like about what he's done, or do you wish that you had voted for him? Uh, sometimes I, uh, sometimes I wish I voted for him, um, just because I, I like how he triggers people, but I, <laughs> I don't. That's, but that's really it. That's how shallow it is. Um, right. I don't, I don't think he's doing anything completely amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually didn't, I didn't vote for president this year. Really? Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't like anybody. <laughs> Even though I voted for Gary Johnson in 2012, I uh-huh. hated I hated Bill Weld more in 2016. That's that's exactly uh, that's exactly what I did too. I, I yeah. voted. I just wrote in uh, Ron Paul for president. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's it virtually the same effect. Even though Ron Paul did get um, an electoral vote, which is more than Gary Johnson got. Yep. So I am pretty happy about that. I didn't. I didn't feel like my vote was wasted at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, voting's just funny, man. But yeah. Um. You know, I. Uh, I thought Bill Weld was worse. Uh, on the on the ticket than Gary Johnson was, even even though other people disagree. Um, I just think he was much more toxic than Gary Johnson ever was. Ex- you know, excluding Aleppo moments and all that, like yeah, but even like those things didn't even bother me to the extent that others. Oh yeah, that, same here. That they bothered others, you know. Um, my my issues with Gary Johnson was much more, you know, philosophical. But even then, I would have been okay, I think, with voting for him if one of two things: if if uh, Bill Weld wasn't his running mate, or if he ha- said, you know what. Judge Napolitano, he's going to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, something. I, I would have been okay with that at that point. But, yeah. you know, I thought Bill Weld was... I mean, he seemed like he was steering the, the ship for the campaign almost since the moment that he picked him as his running mate. Mm-hmm, um, that's true. And I don't see how that would have been any different in his presidency, and there were some things about him that was very concerning, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think him defending Hillary Clinton was worse than anything, you know, Gary Johnson ever said or did on television. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, 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 just, that, was... that, that turned everybody off. Yeah, it turned that... libertarians off, Republicans off. It just turned everybody off. He could have right. said it in a different way, I think, but that's just too risky. I mean, when you're running against them, <laughs> yeah. When, when you're running against them trying to get votes, but then you're like, well, if... I mean, if you have to choose one, just go ahead and choose Clinton. That's that's just not going to, that's just not going to win anyone over to your cause. And I didn't understand the yeah. logic behind it, other than just the fact that they were, um, that they were friends, and you know she was quote you know a good kid. That that just didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Um, it was it was pretty silly. There there are times when people. Need to just remain silent and not say anything. Even Rand Paul did something similar, like a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago, when he said that Republicans shouldn't waste time investigating Republicans. With Michael, Flynn. I was just yeah, yeah. Was I was, bad. I was, I was just <laughs> was like, bad. really, dude, just shut your mouth. Like, it's don't say anything at all. If you have nothing good to say, don't say anything. And you're just gonna make the party look bad, and anybody that likes you and you look bad, you know. And he's usually more careful with that, too. Exactly. 
You know, like, there there have been plenty of times where he just avoids the question at all costs because it's just better not to comment on it. At least at the time, I don't I don't see the reasoning or the logic behind commenting on that specific thing. Exactly. I mean, sometimes if he, you know, silence is better than talking. Right, right, and I'm I'm glad he's doing some of the things that he's doing right now with. Um, with the Obamacare uh, debacle and battle, but mm-hmm. at the same yeah. time, it's it's still you know some of the things he's let some libertarians down on in the past couple weeks. Oh yeah, because I remember going to ISFLC. That was a that was a big thing that a lot of people were not happy about. Um, mm-hmm. That and the uh, Jeff Sessions confirmation. Now, granted, it has kind of glossed over at this point, especially since he's kind of um, re- regained some of those followers back with with the Obamacare battle. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still it's still not comfortable knowing that he he voted for him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of your your thoughts on the whole battle between Rand Paul, Paul Ryan? Uh, Obamacare light and all of that. Well, I don't like calling it Obamacare light. And uh, Matt and I were even discussing what it should be called. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I don't care at the end of the day. He calls it he calls it Ryan Care, I think. Either Ryan or Rhino. I just call it bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what... I just think it's silly that Republicans are trying to still call it Obamacare light when it's still when it's theirs, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it would make oh, more oh, sense. It's yours. Yeah, it'd make more sense if if you're going that route just to call it Trump Care because he's stumping for it, like in Rand Paul's exactly. yep. home state. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> you know, he he just did that just last night or a couple nights ago or whatever, and it would I yeah. I would think that. We would want to attach it to him as much as Obamacare was attached to Obama because this is something equally bad. Exactly, and a lot of his supporters are like completely ignoring that too. No one's—they're mad at Ryan, uh, Paul Ryan, but they're not mad at Trump going around trying to sell it. I don't get it. Yeah, that's that's interesting too because I feel like a lot of the bad things that he's been doing, people are just excusing because. They're passing the buck to somebody else, whereas with Obama or even Bush, because some of these are libertarians. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're, you know, they they would absolutely stick it to the 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 president, but they're not doing that now. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, why? Because the movement is becoming obsessed with fighting the left and not fighting the 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 state anymore. Um, some of my friends disagree with me on that, but I just, I've been noticing a lot of the literature and articles being written and posts being made and podcasts and vlogs. Everyone is just obsessed with uh, the enemy of my enemy thing, but mm-hmm. I don't agree with that all the time. It can make sense sometimes, but now we're just letting the authoritarian right get away with everything because that the left is triggered like oh my god get over it who cares that the left is triggered it's that's not that's, enough it's, yeah it's it's such like superficial things that they're aligning with 
as opposed mm-hmm. to actual hard policy or, or yeah. principles. And I, th- I think that's yeah. kind of a slippery slope. Of course, yeah. Because if you let somebody, if you let our side get away with it, you're gonna, their side's going to be okay getting away with it too from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, everybody was on board with the, um, with the, uh, uh, the, the talked about 20% uh, uh, tariff on, on Mexican goods being imported into the country, and they were for it. Libertarians were for it. And I was like, that's just not, not in any of the books I've ever read. Yeah, I didn't understand no, that no, at all. You know, none of the economists talk about, yeah. And so they're just losing sight too. of what, what we're supposed to be doing. It's interesting, too, because a lot of the people who are uh, who are supporting these aren't just libertarians, but some of them are, like, anarcho-capitalists. I mean, the most radical, <laughs> you know, get-the-government-out-of-everything group of people that you could possibly imagine. And they're mm-hmm. the ones who are, some of them are the ones who are uh, supporting this massive state just because... You know he'll he'll get things done, and I I don't that is something that I think perplexes me, um, more than more than just about anything, like of all the people. Yeah, yeah, me, t- <laughs> yeah, me too. And they're 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 the worst. I don't even tell people I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I am, because uh-huh. now it's just silly associating myself with. That ideology with the kind with the, with the kind of stuff these people are saying and supporting, um, but you know, practically I'm a minarchist. But it is sad that so many an- anarchists are out there sup- stumping for the state, basically. Mm-hmm. Stuff that they would, you know, never in a uh, million yeah. years if it was anyone else or any anything else. They would never in a million years go out and actually advocate for for protectionism or for these right-wing authoritarian policies but now because you know people are winning and they i don't know they want to be on the the side of the the winning crowd or something i i i don't i don't understand the the logic behind it well yeah and some of those kids are going to be the first ones to tell you that voting is aggression and all that yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) it makes it makes no sense they don't know what they don't know what they're talking about yeah. Yeah, they 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 don't know what they're talking about. And I think just like uh some libertarians don't know that what libertarianism actually is and they aren't. I think a lot of anarchists don't really know what being an ancap means if they're going to be going around supporting the state just just because you know Hillary Clinton lost or something or Bernie Sanders is in office. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that, that's that's my opinion on it. It's it's not good enough. Right. To just be against the left. So, in a in a hypothetical, uh, let me play devil's advocate here. Um, if if to to take their point of view, um, and the left is the ultimate evil, and that they're the ones who we actually have to fight, and you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Wouldn't it be better to cozy up with some of the authoritarians on the right um, to stop this uh, in order to to ensure that that we at least have a country to defend. Yeah, but but then we're assuming that that flavor of authoritar- authoritarianism is any better or that they're going to be willing to give up the power the power they have once the left is beaten or whatever 
they think it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. No, you know they're not. They're not just going to be like, okay, well, thanks, friends. We're going to stop taxing you and stop droning people. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, stop having a massive surveillance state. That's still going to stay. So I don't see how this alliance could work. You can make the. You can make similar alliances with the left, not as big as with the the right, but there's a lot of stuff the left's good about that the that the right isn't. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, Any, stuff like the war that, on drugs. I yeah, would yeah, say yep. that the the left is much better than the right on, or even uh, some foreign policy aspects. Mm-hmm. If you align with the right, you know, the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, anything that's almost everything that's not economic, a lot of people on the left are good on. So mm-hmm. that same idea, that that the same thing comes in, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the argument that they use a lot of times when they're talking, you know, with with immigration or with with border control, and that's how they justify um, just complete. And I, I'm I'm not actually really not sure where you stand on this, but that's how they justify just complete shutdown of of borders and let practically nobody in or have a very you know specific, a very specific group of people come in. And I I don't. I don't see how that's helpful. Yeah, <laughs> in that's, any way. Yeah, that's that that right wing stuff that comes out of Europe. I don't even. It doesn't belong here. We're not Europe. We're better than Europe. We do things better than Europe. <laughs> on both sides, politically, isn't it? Isn't it interesting that the people who will point at Europe and and uh, and and look at them and say, you know, we we don't want to be like them economically but we we need to adapt some of their some of their policies by looking at some of their problems mm-hmm. <laughs> not uh, not ours not america's but theirs yeah we don't have america's culture is different than europe's uh europe uh, and uh i don't want to sound like i'm generalizing but it is going to sound like that but europe is far more racist than uh america is um, I mean, they're just, you know, they're just almost a completely homogenous society. Yeah. Whereas yeah, well, America is a, is a melting pot. Exactly, yeah. The um, anti-Semitism is still a, a huge problem over there. Um, Muslims can't integrate in European cultures or countries before there was a, um, a refugee crisis coming out of Syria and the Middle East. Um, because when they when they get to Europe, they're they're being forced instead of, instead of integrating and and like melting in a pod, they're they're being forced to change their identity basically by being told you can't wear a hijab or having your daughter come home. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> having your um, <laughs> having your daughter come home from uh, I'm a little sick from school. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Uh, having your daughter sent home from school in France because her skirt's too long and they thought that she was dressing like in a religious manner, you know, like that doesn't help it integrate anybody, but you can have somebody like my dad or any other Muslim family that comes to the States show up here. Um, no, you know, with, with, with the bill of rights in place having the same freedoms and rights as anybody else that's been here. Um, get a job, you know, buy a house, be successful. 
course that we're going to melt and join join the american society uh right away you know and uh, mm-hmm. I, i'm not the only muslim arab combat veteran there there are others out there mm-hmm. i um, think it's also kind of um a little bit concerning when people just generalize that immigrants are automatically going to align with the left or just automatically align with with anything to be more radical or be more violent i i think that's very concerning because you just can't lump a big group of people into into stereotypes like that and if you're honestly concerned about you know immigrants uh, if, if voting is, is your big uh, concern, because that's also a, a big concern that I see a lot of people on the right use to mm-hmm. um, to deny uh, ex-felons uh, voting rights. If that's your big concern, then I, I don't think that it's <laughs> – I don't think that the problem is them. I think the problem is that you haven't perfected your argument enough to make it convincing. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it, it... – again goes back to the state being the problem and not people <laughs> yeah um so let's let's talk about this for a second because i know you're you're a fan of of tommy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what what are some of your initial thoughts on everything that has gone down because we haven't talked about it yet on this on this uh, program before so i want to um, probe you on what your initial thoughts are on on everything that's happened. Oh, I don't care. I thought that was pretty good that it happened. Um, like I never championed that she should get fired, but now that she is fired, I'm pretty happy about it. I don't think she was good for anybody. Well, I don't even think she has been fired. At least not at this point. I as far well, as yeah, I know, suspension, it was only right? like a, a week long suspension. Yeah, which you know, which could uh, yeah, true. That could mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she's good for, for the conservative movement even like what is a loud, you know, um, can we use bad words on your program? I mean, you already did. So <laughs> what, what's, what's a loud bitchy girl going to bring anybody, you know? Um, right. if I get talked to like that by anybody, um, I'm just not going to listen and I'm going to be turned off and I'm going to go away. But the whole point of doing politics and activism is to bring people to your side so your side's bigger. And the more people we have on our side, the more activists we have and the more we win. Um, but what she's she's just repeating stuff and giving her opinions and probably turning people off and pushing them away, not bringing them on the way other people might be. Like... Steven Crowder, I'm sure, has brought people on. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I don't agree with everything he's about, but I like a lot of his stuff too. Right. I'm sure. Ben, I'm sure Ben Shapiro has changed people's minds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people like Jack Hunter, but she's not good for anything related to the right-winged movement. Um, she's a detriment. People like that shouldn't get a platform, uh, or or don't really deserve a platform, in my opinion. I, th- I I think that she does similar damage to what Milo started to do before, um, you know, Breitbart gave him the boot. Yeah. Like, if you're too radical for, or if you, if you say things that are too offensive for Breitbart, then that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's concerning. Yeah, exactly. People like him and her, uh, 
I also liked what he was doing mo- more than her when it came to free speech, but that's really it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pe- people like them, we don't we don't need them around. There's there are better people out there we can listen to. There's just Julie Borowski, you know. There's sure. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. We can listen to those people. We don't have to listen to people like that. And there, it seems the difference is, I think, that it seems like for somebody who complains so much about the outrage culture in mm-hmm. America and about how easily people are triggered and, and offended by so many things, it seemed like that's all she would talk about is yep. being offended by, you know, Colin Kaepernick or or uh, or Black Lives Matter or something like that, things that are just absolutely have absolutely no consequence or little consequence in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. and and they seem just as triggered or, or just as much of a snowflake to use their words as as some of those on the left yeah exactly um i always thought that was really confusing how people uh would have her uh support her on all that stuff um when people are getting just as 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 annoyed about it, like uh, one of my friends told me about how he thought it was confusing. He's a liberal um, black guy. He was telling me how it was confusing how people on the right tell them that they shouldn't protest, they shouldn't march, they shouldn't do this, this, that. Yet when Colin took a knee, they still can't do that. You know, so like what what what. They can't remain si- <laughs> they can't remain silent and they can't speak. Right, so yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Like, so, what like, are they supposed to do? You know, you have to. Yeah, it's the whole. You know, everybody on the right complains that like if you if you want to protest, then protest peacefully. You don't have to go and riot and do all these kind of things. And then mm-hmm. here's a guy that's actually doing that mm-hmm. and actually taking your advice. And nope, too too much outrage um, over that now. Exactly. And the same people don't realize that a lot of that, um, uh, whatchamacallit, like the veteran appreciation they show at football games and different sporting events is paid for by the Department of Defense. By the military, yeah. Yeah, they, they're, they're paid to do that. It's not, and th- that money goes to the teams, you know? It's not the teams mm-hmm. doing it out of their own or, or the, 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 the owners or the, or the stadium owners or any of that. It's them being paid to do that. Um, Which is a bit concerning in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, find money somewhere to give to somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> and veterans I, uh, veterans actually hate that crap. Like, those those few guys that get sent down there to march around with the, with the flag and all that, mm-hmm. a lot of times, unless you're a fan of the, the team, like, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> right, yeah. <clears throat> And and I I think that's concerning for the the direction of not just not just you know conservatism but the the entire movement as a whole. Um, if if we get more concerned and more you know if we back Tommy more than we back people like you know who who actually need to be rallied behind and who are actually fighting for rights, not just saying offensive things on. Uh, on on the internet, if if that's what the movement has become, then what really is the point? Yep, and that's why I have over the last few weeks gotten um, a lot quieter and just 
focus more on my podcast for now because I also don't know what's going on anymore. Um, being, I'm being very honest. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because I think this whole movement's getting really silly really fast. And I don't know. Some like I can't explain, man. It's it's just frustrating. It's it's not fun doing the politics anymore right now. Right. And I I think the only comparison that you can actually make is how I mean this seems almost identical, almost exactly identical um, to eight years ago when when Barack Obama was elected. Well, like, yeah, yeah. They, they've just flipped their roles. Now the the left is doom and gloom. The world is ending, and the right is you know you know just give them a chance. Um, don't don't be so offended by everything. You know, it's just it it it's they've completely flipped roles, and they have no idea that they've just you know the pendulum has just swung the other way. Exactly. And um, a lot of a lot of Trump supporters, um, especially libertarians, when I say that, are acting just like well, and definitely cons- well, no, definitely conservatives too. They're they're acting exactly like uh, Obama supporters did eight years ago. You know, they're just putting blind faith and trust in one man to somehow fix their life, and right. that's just not how it works. We're supposed to be fixing our lives ourselves and within our communities, not waiting on some some guy somewhere else to pass some law to do it for us right it's it's about the individual and and if you can't fix things in your own life um, by yourself then that's you if you have to actually use the president of the United States to fix something that is within your own life then that is I think of bigger concern yeah. If if the president is actually that powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or if, even if we just think that he's that powerful, it, it seems like that the uh, the power of the executive has no limits anymore. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. Um, when it when it comes to like uh, borders, for example, um, I had to think a lot about a lot of what I was seeing about open versus closed. And I I don't know I I just I fell all over the place with that one because uh, I'd never heard libertarian arguments for it but it turns out there's some pretty convincing ones but right yeah I, I'm I'm the same way because I I think that's like the last issue that I've had a completely solid stance on mm-hmm. it it took the longest for me to completely form a solid opinion on it yeah but I still think I'm fairly open borders because honestly just because of the amount of money you're going to have to uh, raise to build that kind of wall, the time frame the eminent domain is a, is a really huge part since a lot of that is of course, it's probably private yeah, private property down there um, I do agree with getting rid of the welfare state you know, like I get that argument how they're saying how we need to get rid of the welfare state before we open the borders, but just get rid of the welfare state then, you know? there's <laughs> Why make the government bigger until you can make it smaller somewhere else? Then, right. Like, I agree with mm-hmm. with the idea that, you know, you have to get get rid of it, but to, to use that as a justification to build a wall or do something to, to make government e- that much more um, expansive, 
I, I don't see the connection there. They're two completely separate issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to need maybe um, two more Donald Trump presidents to make sure that this wall gets its funding and keeps on being built mm-hmm. um, in a row. Um, and Republican majorities with enough Republicans that aren't fiscally conservative to go along with it, or else that wall is going to be a wasted project that are not going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Look at any major roadway that's being built in your uh, city or town or uh, state, and it always goes over budget and o- and never meets its uh, schedule. So if he thinks he's going to build this thing during his career, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you, he hasn't even started. So Right. And then there's the constant... Um maintenance and and security and everything that goes into it after it's built yeah yeah it's just it's just not a conservative policy yeah it's not that's the government being big being made bigger again right it's kind of sad how republicans are always the ones growing government (laughs) more than democrats even more than the left yeah because it's usually um you know disguised and this is for security or this is for patriotism or, or something to that effect mm-hmm. when uh, because of that you know that that disguise it's mm-hmm. it's not quite as honest as what the left does because at least they're like yeah we want we want the government to grow mm-hmm. the, exactly. the right disguises it and well we're for small government but here's the exception and that's yep. how they they end up uh being the ones who who get more government programs passed yep they do a lot of the biggest, most recent ones are, except for the DOE, but mm-hmm. Department of Homeland Security, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, EPA, uh, uh, the war on drugs, uh, all, uh, all that, uh, the ban on automatic weapons, all of that is Republicans, mm-hmm. not Democrats. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I think people just aren't paying attention to, <laughs> to their history, you know? And And I think that's my biggest opposition to... We just have to cuddle up with the right-wing authoritarians mm-hmm. to stop the left-wing authoritarians. Because there's no record of Republicans being any better on these issues. There's a record of them being willfully deceitful about these issues. Mm-hmm. But there is no record that they're actually going to provide results that will be uh, better at in the end for liberty than Democrats are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you see right now with the Obamacare, Ryan Care, Rhino Care thing that's going on, it's not any better at all than what we have now, and it might be even considered worse mm-hmm. when you have the individual mandate going from a penalty to the government to a permanent increase of thirty percent, I think, to the uh, insurance companies directly. That's uh, that's welfare. That's corporate welfare. Right. You know, now instead of giving the government $1,000 a year for not having my insurance, now if um, your insurance lapses for a month, I think, um, it's, 30, it's a 30% increase forever to the insurance companies. Why are we giving, why are we making sure these people get money again? Like, yeah, isn't the that's... whole point to get them to compete? I mean, uh, the insurance companies wrote the Obamacare bill, and they are writing the replacement bill now. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there is, if if there's anybody that loves government intervention in the market, it's it's the big businesses and, and big companies that 
supposedly we're supposed to be fighting against. Mm-hmm, exactly. That supposedly big government will fix, and inevitably never does. Yeah, they're not because the only thing, see, the only thing a, the only thing a business uh, can offer you is a product or a service. Uh, they're not going to come around with guns forcing you to buy their products. So the only the, the their strong arm now is going to have to be the government. They're going to be lobbying them to pass these sort of laws and mandates and regulations to lower competition and force us to buy certain products and uh, meet certain standards, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so let's let's change gears just slightly, um, and <clears throat> I want to know what what has been your biggest influence and your biggest drive moving forward uh, into fighting for for these kind of ideas. I'd say probably um, uh, probably the people in the movement, um, and some of my favorite politicians like you know Rand and Justin. Right. Um, they keep on fighting. So why why should we stop fighting? You know, why should we give up? Um, but I have been dealing with like depression and anxiety over the last few years, and every time it got real bad, like real bad, especially over the last two years, um, I just always remember that there's a bigger thing going on that I'm a part of, and it's you know all my friends that are doing their uh activism every day and that i need to you know stick with it and keep on doing it because if they're doing it then there's no excuse for me not to um so it's really honestly everybody in the movement that just keeps me on going as silly as that sounds kind of cliche but (laughs) is there ever a time that you just think like there there could come a day where i just lose the spark the the interest where I can lose the spark? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Everything, anything is possible. Right. I mean, we might even be on that course right now. If the movement as a whole just forgets about liberty and focuses on the left, uh, I'll, I will lose interest because that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I find that interesting, too, because like I, I've had that asked to me before. Um you know, what, what happens if you just stop being interested, you know, people change their interests and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I have thought about that before too. Like, you know, sometimes is it actually worth it to do this? Could, wouldn't I be happier somewhere else? Um, and basically what you said is more or less, you know, what I, what I, what I think of, mm-hmm. um, because, <clears throat> At, I was at ISFLC, and one of the speakers there made, made a really good point. He was a, a, a state house senator, mm-hmm. and um, he said Ron Paul fought thirty years being the only voice in Congress uh, fighting for these ideas, and if he can do that by himself with no help whatsoever, and and spark a movement the way he did then there's really no excuse. Yeah, yeah, I I agree 100%. But like I said, it can just get... I feel like it's getting stupid. Um, mm-hmm. over, over the last two weeks, I've seen all kinds of libertarians hurl insults at each other, um, mischaracterize each other, 
unfriend and block each other. Like, serious, like, like these are serious libertarians that do stuff. Right. You know, the so, some one group, one libertarian will call another an alt writer, and then the other will call him a left libertarian. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. And I, I seriously want no part with it. And it happens so often now, it's getting annoying. Right. That's that's what that's seriously what worries me is that I will get too tired of it and I I will just shut down on it you know and not be a part of this thing because I I I easily would you know um if it's getting it's getting tiring man it's you're walking on eggshells in this movement right now like no matter who you are you say do you one think, hmm? do, you, do you think it has a has a chance to bounce back in what way. And, and remembering what it is, because like for conservatism, I think their heyday and their golden day was under Reagan. And for libertarianism, I would say the same thing about Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And now both sides are, are kind of like beasts just, you know, wandering around in the wilderness with without any sense of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think that there will come a time where, where both sides will eventually you know get their get their senses and and understand what direction we're supposed to be heading toward yeah maybe if we get somebody else but i don't think we should be needing to rely on a on some kind of heroic leader to lead the movement Mm -hmm. because because i love ron paul but i don't think i don't think we need to keep uh romancing over the idea of a leader like that we should be able to do it on our own because we're all just as good in my opinion Right. Yeah. And if there if 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 you can't step up to the plate then then really what's what's the point at all? If mm-hmm. if you can't be the next Ron Paul, then what what's the point of the of the movement as a whole? Exactly. And you know, I I I saw I've seen people I've seen libertarians say that since they don't hate immigrants, I guess, or or Muslims or whatever, you know they 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 they've been labeled as um, left libertarians. One of them is Will Coley, and he's like one of the most anarchist anarchists I've ever known. And he's as far right as it gets. But calling him a left libertarian, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's he's the one the uh, the Muslims for Liberty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- so. I think he was in D.C. for ISFLC a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, he goes. He goes every year. He goes there. He goes to um, uh, Pork Fest. He goes to as many of those things as he can. It's a pretty good organization, right? Um. So, so, tell me what, where you got the idea for the name of your show? <laughs> oh yeah, our show. Yeah, With Matt. Yeah. Um, right. I think because some... I, I listen to it every week. Uh, I really do, and <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, um, but 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 tell me about that. How how you got the name for that? Well, because we drink the kava, you know, and uh-huh. um, it looks like muddy water, and um, it tastes like earthy water or muddy water, and I think it was our friend Greg Bowen who's a libertarian locally too he i think he's the one that told us to call it the muddied waters of freedom because 
He's like, well, you guys drink coffee all the time, so it's called Muddy Waters <laughs> of Freedom, and and you can act like you know people think they're free, but they're not. So you're in the muddied waters of freedom. And I was like, okay, that's that's really good. So we just stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful story. <laughs> yep. And then, well, yeah. And then somebody later on um, suggested th- that we have some kind of um, how do I explain it? Have you ever seen uh, Philip DeFranco? He's a he's 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 a he's a really big uh, YouTube guy, um, but when he says hi, when he starts his episodes, he always says, um, "Well, dang, I forgot what he says." But he's got this like the the, the way he greets his audience, basically. So we it's were like told to, catchphrase thing. Yeah, yeah. So we were yeah. told to brand our our brand our audience so they can feel more a part of it, and it made a lot of sense. So we're like, okay, since we're the muddied waters of freedom. There was a game I played called uh, Eve Online. It's like a, it's an MMO space game, mm-hmm. and I used to play. Um, well, when we would fly fleets, I would be part of something called the Vanguard, and <laughs> it turns out it's an actual term that means like a a group of scouts, uh, and that that was our job. Like we would we would be a few systems ahead of everybody in the main fleet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing in military tactics too. Like, there's always like a forward uh, scout unit, um, whether they're like finding explosive ordnance or or finding um, ambushes ahead of the main unit. But another um, which fits in with like getting through this muddied water thing. And another definition of vanguard is like um, thinkers and leaders within a philosophical movement. Which also fits in very well, because I was like, okay, so, you know, Matt and I and anybody else listening and you, we're all like, we're all trying to keep this thing alive as best as we can. We're trying to educate and teach people. So might as well just call every, you know, we're, we're, we're all the vanguard and we're traversing the muddy dwarves of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that fits just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, before, uh, before we head out here, what's... Other than other than your show, where can where can people find you? Well, I have uh, I have two Facebook pages. Um, I hang out at some kava bars in Pinellas County, Florida. Uh, <laughs> if you're five foot ten, uh, blonde, uh, make your way down to Florida. Um, especially if you like heavy metal. Um, but no, uh, I also have Twitter, um, and I have. Uh, liberty.me if you can find me on there just type my name in the search okay. uh, yeah yep and uh that's really it for now we're working on a website for our podcast um i've got a few articles on rare and um the libertarian republic but i've sold down on my writing recently mm-hmm. yeah so i think it's pretty easy to, to find me you know just ask caleb guys <laughs> right he's also a huge fan of this like purple bird thing oh no <laughs> no i hate it and you should send them as many of those as possible why are you doing what matt does <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. nobody can type on my wall right now or share anything on my wall it's been like three weeks now oh really yeah <laughs> Yeah, man. Have you like people... blocked it from from anyone doing that because of that thing? Yeah. Now, if someone wants to share it, they're gonna have to share it on their own wall and tag me. 
<laughs> and not a lot of people want to do that it seems <laughs> that that i think um that was your own experience with blowback yeah probably <laughs> you told everyone how much you hate it and it's then so stupid it the exact opposite of yeah it's, exact it's, opposite it's so stupid i saw it <laughs> i i saw it like three times like the first time i the first two times i was like that's cute and then i saw it the third time i was like i don't know where this thing came from but i know it's about to get retarded over the <laughs> next few days and like i know people saw it on my wall but i saw it a lot on my feed without me having to say anything before that so no, <laughs> you just wouldn't have had anything. Then people just would have blown over it real easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, now I know. <laughs> and some people are like, "Oh well, you made it as big as it is." I'm like, "Well, how come my politics aren't everywhere? You know, how come Rand Paul didn't win if I was so freaking good at making <laughs> things go, you know, uh, um, uh, viral like that?" <laughs> you got to step your game up. We yeah, a, a Rand Paul presidency, and we didn't. Now we're suffering the era of Trump. Yeah, it's <laughs> all my bad. The trash stuff came out too late, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Muhammad. That's uh, that's about all the time we have, uh, and it's been a real pleasure. We'll have to um, we'll have to get you back on sometime. Uh, be sure to go and listen to his show, the the Muddied Waters of Freedom. And, of course, you can find me at Caleb Franz on Twitter. You can find the show at Mill Liberty. Um, and then be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode or an update. Um, next week we'll just be... Uh, actually, for the first time in quite some while, I, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, we have some great guests uh, coming up in, in the next month of april and as of course we always do um and some really big names coming up on the show uh here very shortly that i can't wait to share with you guys but until next week we'll see you <laughs>